Everyone, welcome to Toffee Blues USA, your source for all things Everton, American style. I am Jerry, coming to you recorded from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Joining me, uh, it's been a little while, but he's back. It's Cameron from uh, Carolina Toffees, everybody. Cameron's back. Cameron, how are you, my friend? Doing well, Jerry. How are you doing? You know, you know, I think it's all right. I think it's all right you know every time we start one of these recordings I, I you know I, the weight of the day just sort of fades away and it'll be okay it's what it feels like you know this is good i'm glad you asked because right. you know because before i was like oh you know mediocre mel- melancholy and then i talk, i was talking to you off camera and I, I just, everything's better now where you Everything been all day cam <laughs> <laughs> you know what and benita is still our manager the the world didn't explode and no. you know we're in seventh place. Yeah. <laughs> we're the sky isn't falling. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's it hasn't been a, it hasn't been a completely embarrassing experience yet, which I think no. a lot of people were expecting uh, crumbles. So, <laughs> I mean, I was I was catching a lot of flack from a few Liverpool supporters about Rafa, you know, joking around before the season, but they but then they got serious and they got actually though he's a good manager. I think you're going to be fine. And that I was is, like, "Ugh, don't say that!" Right? <laughs> don't patronize me. They're <laughs> good at that. But, but at the same yeah. time, I think I think they were being sincere, and uh, yeah, I it does seem like he's he's uh, trying to trying to do a good job, not screwing around. That's cool. Yep. And they were hearing um, his name yesterday. Yeah, so yeah, they I were. Mean, we'll talk about <laughs> it. It it seems it. I, I don't know what to make of that. How should I yeah. feel? Can you tell me how to feel about that? <laughs> I honestly, I, I would have loved to have been there yesterday just to see that and hear that because, you know, it was the good old, it was nice to, first off to have 2,500 Evertonians travel to a, to a match and to hear mm-hmm. them basically be louder than anything else in that stadium the yeah. whole time. So, <laughs> but everything I, I've seen was that they were, chanting his name and people were trying to get autographs afterward uh trying to say hi to him after the, the match so yeah it's it's definitely a, a different kind of vibe than it was a month ago <laughs> yeah it's you know after after thinking about it and hearing you talk about the how like into it the the away support was and everything you know what i'm not gonna judge I'm not going to judge. He's our manager. And if you're caught up in the emotion of the moment, cool. Yep. Sing the, sing the manager's name. Cause that's who, it, 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 but, it, but I know there's going to be people out there who have been like going the game season ticket holders since they were like toddlers or whatever. And they're just sitting there thinking like, Nope, not going to be me. That's a disgrace. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. I'll let them handle that. I'm just some dude in North Carolina. Yeah. Just enjoying the moment. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Nice. We have to. We we, have to. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any other choice. Oh man. So, 
so Cam, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've gotten to talk to you and I'm so psyched you're able to come on. Um, so you, we were talking, uh, we were talking before, before this recording actually started um, about how you actually were part of the, uh, the big, the big blue uh, mass migration to Florida for the Florida cup to watch Everton just, just annihilate all the, uh, I can't even finish that with a straight face, no. uh, win the Florida Cup, essentially. So, Cam, tell, give us, uh, give us some, some Cam's, Cam experiences. We won a trophy. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw that happen and watched them <laughs> on, the, on the turf at, in uh, Orlando's do that and raise a trophy. Um, I don't care how sad that sounds. It's awesome for me. Um <laughs> uh, that, but no, it was it was an amazing experience. Uh, we had so many people from all over the country, which was nice, by the way, to have that back. Mm -hmm. uh, that I got to meet from LA, Miami, uh, Georgia, gosh, Michigan, Chicago. That people came, literally came from all over the entire country to go see this, and it, it, we we just we really made the entire stadium and city blue for a couple of days and. Uh, got some interesting looks from people because they were locals that didn't know what was going on, but they yeah. were intrigued. That they were intrigued. Uh, uh, they just wanted to know, you know, what was going on. And I told them they seemed like yeah, maybe I'll go. Uh, maybe I said you'll have a lot of the most fun you'll ever have at a, at a sporting event. I trust. Just trust me on that. <laughs> uh, and the best. The best part also was at least I, I got to go to the first game, and that was uh, Milanarios. The Milanarios fans that I talked to were some of the nicest people in the world, and they were obviously so excited to see uh, Hymas. And right now, that's they're they and us are the only people that have seen Hymas on the field. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't want to really get into. But at the same time, oh, I've got a, I've got a three-hour-long segment. <laughs> We're stored uh, away for the end of this, just so you know. Yeah, us, huh? <laughs> yeah no, was, I don't want to get into great. it either because I've got no answers. So you know, it was the, <laughs> but it was it was crazy. Just like people probably heard it on TV. Just how, every time he touched the ball, it was just mayhem between both mm -hmm. both sets of fans. But overall, it was such a it was an amazing experience. Um, I probably wouldn't recommend doing a game in July in Orlando, Florida, uh, too often. Although that pretty much goes for most of this area of the country. Uh, it's, it's a little difficult for the players and uh, sometimes for the fans, especially depending on how much you've consumed beforehand. But, uh, but I will say what was also a very good experience was the tailgate prior to that. They had said the in credit so much to Orlando's Evertonian group they were amazing they set up everything everything was done by the, just so orderly uh i mean the the meetups at the pub both nights were went off without a hitch at least as far as i know the tailgate was great um they had a whole spread they had everything you could have ever wanted music uh cornell and tim howard set up literally about i don't know a hundred yards from the tailgate and did a Q and a with Darren Griffiths. So that was, that was pretty sweet. We got to watch that too. <laughs> wow. So 
very cool. Uh, you you were telling me you met some met some uh, people from the Everton, I would say Twitter verse, but also in the, <laughs> just probably social media. Give it, give us a couple of a uh, couple of meetings that you had where you know that, that I mean I feel like there's there's some names that are just out there that a lot of people know. Oh yeah, these I would call them the Twitter all stars for Everton. That you they would be the ones that basically I get my news from, and uh, mm -hmm. it's. I mean, it starts with, uh, let's look at Jeff Walner from Cincinnati. Sure. I mean, he was awesome. Great to meet him. Uh, obviously seeing Tony again uh, from Chicago and getting to hang out with him and his guys. The New Yorkers were mm -hmm. all down as well. And being able to see and meet a lot of them was uh, a great experience. They had their own booth and they were singing the entire time at the bar and just causing <laughs> so much mayhem. It was great with her flag right behind them. And then uh, Georgie the, from Los Angeles and his son mm -hmm. got to meet them. That was, that was really cool. Uh, he's as cool as he is on Twitter and maybe cooler. I mean, he's got- Yeah, I've, he's seen, got, I've seen video of his son and his son's a baller too. Son's a baller and they both got the latest haircuts, obviously. So it's like, and it's like, yep, they were looking just fresh. And then, uh, golly, I mean, well, oh, good. how could I forget the Vice City guys? I mean, they were, uh, <laughs> as they, as they typical Miami style, they crashed the party at about 11, 1130, <laughs> the uh, pregame on Friday night, and just absolutely uh, kick up, kick everything up a notch. But those guys, like Jordan and them were, it was, it was great to, to finally put uh, faces to Twitter accounts, let's put it that way. Yeah. And uh not have to interact just on social media well the thing is like you know text is one thing you know and you build up these connections through text you know and sometimes we get to zoom call which is awesome right that's i mean yeah. that's even better because we're actually we're seeing each other we're looking into eyes we're hearing you know tone of voice it's just connecting even stronger but being in person oh man yeah i agree I, uh, one last shout out will be to the guy, uh, to all the guys from Carolina that showed up as well. And that I hung out with like Jonathan and Gwen and all those guys, you know, Gwen hangs at 18 foot banner, like in the corner of the stadium that everyone had to walk under and <laughs> without hitting their head on it. Uh, to just a uh, fantastic, fantastic, uh, uh, entire weekend. And I also want special shout out to the guy, the first ever Everton game I went to in 2016, five years ago, was Art. Art was with Carolina Toppies at the time. He moved. Mm -hmm. No, he had already moved, but he had moved. He lives in Atlanta now. But I had, hadn't seen him in, I don't know, four or five years since then. And so that was cool to reconnect with him as well. So Very cool. Yeah. Did you, by chance, I'm asking this, did you, by chance, Meet Aaron, Mr. Bowsy Toffee Tits. Ooh, great question. And I don't know if I can answer that. Okay, because I because I, I, I had a fee. I wasn't sure if he wore the shirt that said Bowsy Toffee Tits on the back. See, I think but, I remember that. Yeah, he's he's uh, yeah, he's supposed to be like uh, Jake said. He immediately grabbed him and hugged him the first time he. Saw him. <laughs> Talk I'm not one of the, I, yeah, I, I'm not that forward with people I don't know, so, <laughs> uh, unless I've had a lot, a lot to drink, but yeah. the, uh, 
the one cool thing that happened that was very random, I had mentioned Tim Howard earlier. Mm. Uh, we obviously got to see him do his interview uh, outside the stadium. We were, what were we? Oh, we were in the concourse of the stadium at halftime. And Art and I are hanging out. And all of a sudden, <laughs> out of nowhere, the security guard who was just, who wouldn't have known anything about what's going on goes hey guys isn't that one of your uh, legendary players like pointing and we we turned around and it's tim howard literally walking right behind us and and we art sprints up and just like does a selfie with him it's like <laughs> uh, so yeah i mean literally <laughs> that, that was the kind of weekend it was oh that would be oh my gosh that's awesome yeah uh, these stories are just uh i get so I get all emotional for y'all. That's so, that just sounds like an absolute blast. Very cool. Well, hopefully we get more opportunities like that moving forward, which is super rad. Um, so so uh, I have to ask you one other thing that has nothing to do with Everton. Sure. And, I, and you're not prepared for this. Uh-oh. I'm just doing it. I'm throwing caution to the wind. I'm just going to do it. I've seen the Carolina... Okay, let me preface this. Sometimes on the show, we talk about pop culture, things to watch, good things to watch, okay? Maybe mm -hmm. good things to listen to, maybe music. I have noticed the Carolina Toffees uh, account over the past couple months, maybe a little longer, starting to show GIFs or GIFs, however you want to call it, whatever, from a show on Netflix that is one of my favorite comedy shows right now, it's gotta be in the new in the new season <laughs> just dropped this summer it's amazing <laughs> and, and i'm sorry there's no one else that likes it that i talk to and it kills me because it's really me and my wife my wife and i love it and I've, no one else i've fallen i've fallen off the couch laughing at some of the stuff that, that has happened in that season so good so let, let's share, share share with everybody what we're talking about so good i believe you're you have to be talking about, I think you should leave. And yeah, I, I haven't, I actually have the same observation about that. Whenever I respond to somebody with a gif of Tim Robinson doing something, I get like maybe two or three likes. I think it's just because maybe people across the pond are kind of like, what is that? And is, what is this show? And I, it's hard for me to like real quick. It's a, uh, Tim Robinson was on Saturday Night Live. He left, and it's because he wasn't allowed to do a lot of things that he wanted to do in terms of writing and acting. Mm -hmm. And he actually makes fun of that in a, one of these, one of the one of the sketches. But he's he's a I would describe Tim Robinson as a very off the wall, like goofy, kind of will say anything, shoot from the hip type uh, comedic actor, and. You have to, it takes, I would say it takes a little bit to get into it, but once you're into it, you, those seasons go by like, like that, because it's just sketch after sketch after sketch. And it's just, it's, I, I will just say right now, like, and I have a, one of my good friends lives up in DC is, is addicted to the show also. And we will just quote it, quote the show all the time now. And I, I just will always hit him with something from the driver's ed sketch because it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, I have never laugh so hard at a, at something as, as I as because everyone's been through driver's ed so it's 
it starts out exactly how you'd expect it to, but then it just takes a hard left turn, like a lot of his sketches do. Tables. <laughs> Tables. What is his job? What is her job? <laughs> so so for everybody, for everybody out there who doesn't know the show, okay, it's weird. You just need to know. It is weird. Just be, yeah, just prep for that, and, and not every sketch is going to resonate with you immediately. Later no. on, subsequent viewings, some sketches may, may resonate more after you know but it's weird it's just a weird weird show and if i feel like if you grew up in the 90s watching the show the kids in the hall and you like it a lot yes this is the kind of alternative type of sketch comedy it's you know if you like that kind of weird stuff and you're not afraid of uh you know getting dark hey mr. yeah mr show what a great yeah yes absolutely very mr. and by the by the way bob odenkirk makes a guest appearance <laughs> yes he does absolutely ran a lot of random appearances for some from some really funny people yes on that show can't wait for the uh, third season oh my gosh i just keep hope crossing my fingers and hoping there is a third season so yeah i i will say this like i and i told my friend this it's gonna really annoy people or people are gonna really like it but there's gonna be a match at some point that i'm just going to i'm just all i'm gonna do in terms of live tweeting the match maybe it's saturday that I'm just going to, it's all just going to be, I think you should leave gifts. <laughs> this then people, nice. people to be able to people's what I, and I told him this, that show has a gift for literally any situation. You can, you can pretty much figure out what's going on in the life of the Carolina toppies by whatever gift I post <laughs> of, of Tim Robinson or anybody from that show. So if you'll know how this match is going on Saturday, by what I, I'm not going to put any context to it. It's just going to be that gift. <laughs> yeah, and, and so 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 there's nothing. We can't really describe the sketches. They're too weird. Okay? They're, they're too they weird. They're just absurd. And so yeah, and there's so I don't want to belabor it too much because if, yeah. if if you have a t couple of dudes just talking about how funny something is and they don't tell you what it is, I know you. Mm. you yeah, whatever. But I'm telling you. It is worth your time if you're into some weird humor. That's sure. what I'll say. And, I, and I'm someone who doesn't like doing that at all because I got bombarded about Game of Thrones for 10 years. So, and I was just like, look, if you like Game of Thrones, that's great. I've watched, I watched two episodes and I was like, you know what? That's not me. But uh, I'm also not going to criticize you for liking it because people like that. I love, I mean, I, my brother-in-law and my sister loved it. I was just like, you know, I don't hate it. I just... Thought it was a it was a good show but it's just not for me yeah so yeah everybody everybody you should you should check it out and watch it and uh let's let's just talk about it on twitter just saying yes. all right <laughs> i want, don't I want everybody mad. i want everybody singing about the night the skeletons came to life <laughs> just saying that's that's it. Uh, right. That's there it is right there. Okay. <laughs> Follow me in G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh really quick, I have to do something, Cam. Uh at the last last uh show two weeks ago, there was a really good question by Mark about three 30 million pound signings. And I told him that I would do a little research and come back and be better than last time. So yeah. I'm just gonna say. Two signings right off the top of my head that I wouldn't mind for 30, uh, 30 million. Uh, Ease Basuma, all right, from uh, Brighton. Mm -hmm. Lucas Klosterman, 
from RB Leipzig, the right back. These are just, could you get them for close to 30, right? Those are two, and I've got a few more, but that's coming in the mailbag segment. I'm going to go ahead and plug the mailbag segment. Someone talks about potential attacking uh, solutions. And so I've got some, uh, all of them around the same cost. So uh, yeah, anyway, I just want to say, Mark, I did better. I did some research and I thought about it. So I promised you I would. Next question. Wow, what a toss. You should have seen that. It went like 10 feet. Is that across right. the room? Yes. It's magnificent. Nice. The, only, the <laughs> only way it could have been better is if it, like a ninja star, like stuck in the wall. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we should talk about, uh, we have two matches recently. Let's discuss these. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't have to talk about it too long, but we should acknowledge that they happened. Um, mm -hmm. uh, at the weekend, uh, Saturday, Leeds. That was a, an away match at Leeds. And uh, what, did you, what did you think? I mean, I had to watch it later on. Um, I, uh, I, I didn't think we embarrassed ourselves. What was your overall thoughts? And let's get specific about, you know, lineup, yeah. who played well, goals. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought the lineup was fine. Uh, I think hindsight is twenty twenty with uh, Michael Keane. We can get into that later, but uh, I thought he brought. I thought Rafa brought out a, a side that was going to get the job done. And I and Ellen Road is we're the of course we're the first club that gets to deal with Ellen Road for seventeen years with fans. So not surprising. Uh, it was an amazing, amazing crowd. Uh, they are obviously Leeds fans are some of the most legendary, and for a reason. And there's a lot of pent up frustration there. So uh, it was a great atmosphere. It sounded, it sounded like at least, and you know we. But I thought we played really well. I thought we played well enough that we should have taken all three away from that match. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Dom was bossing around everybody. So our midfield was playing well. Obviously, he gets Dom gets that penalty in the box. It was the correct call. I could go off on a tangent of how already in the first two weeks, the, ref, the officiating refereeing have been, has been like light years better than it was last year. Yep. And because in the past, that would not have happened. They would have just kept playing. And, uh, mm -hmm. but right call and Dom, you know, as soon as that whistle blew, he just ran up and hit it, which is exactly what I, I like seeing, by the way, I, enough of this, like standing around, like deciding when, like for eight minutes, how long you're going to stand there, like, and before you hit it. And, uh, he just ran up there and just boomed it right past, uh, Meisler from, from Leeds. Mm -hmm. It's a great, great penalty. And obviously, I think DCL has made himself our PK taker from this point forward. Yeah. Uh, which, which he, we, we, we were talking about this at the, the pub that that's he needs to establish himself as our penalty taker. And, yeah, it was uh, nice. I mean, he was just so composed. Um, yeah. And I think just just getting the practice of of slotting one home and being in front of the net and continuing to do it over and over again, it's just mm -hmm. it's only going to give him more confidence in front of goal. No, agreed. And he's, it's like every, he's, what is he, 24, 25? I don't know, but he's too flipping young. It's a hard crazy. He's, <laughs> he, these guys, he could be 15 for all I know. It's, he's just, he's just that good though. I mean, he's what, he gets a, he gets a weird, a weird amount of stick on social media. And I don't understand why, because honestly, 
for me, he's still the most, one of the most underrated strikers in the league. And he, he continues for me, he continues to add a layer to his game every year. Last year, he's, he really learned how to finish, especially with his head. And now, now he's now added, the, if he's added penalties to his game, I mean, he's going to be, I'm already telling everyone out there right now, if you guys are worried about Richarlison leaving, you got to start worrying about Dom, about what kind of contract he's going to be getting. Sought. We've already seen kind of what happened with United and Spurs looking at him. They're going to offer a ton of money for him. Someone will. And it's going to be something either match or we just say, you know what, we, we're going to have to move on because that's just how he's getting to that point. I think this year he's going to reach that point because he really, in my opinion, is good enough. He could win the golden, the golden boot, you know, in the in Premier League. He was close last year. He's, he's going to get there at some point. How do you feel about people's frustrations? Because, I mean, he could have had a hat trick. Hmm? Could have had a hat trick, right? And yeah. you think? Do you think if we win that, if we take three points, they don't? They're not as vocal about him missing those chances, and it's just the disappointment of not getting all three. Yeah, I, is, I, you know, more the frustration at the team itself, not finishing off the uh, leads. Uh, yeah, and I and I, I'm I'm one of those people there. I, I will do the exact same thing. I'll just say, oh, come on, man. You're you're also the flip side of this is you're 24 or whatever. You've reached this point where you need to be our our striker, our number nine, who finishes everything that's in the box in front of you. And that will be, I think that is justified criticism. I mean, if he if if he misses, like for instance, if it happens Saturday, if he misses a sitter in the box, it's gonna start up again. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I I won't be immune to that. I it's like I, you know, there's one thing for someone like Nukunku yesterday to completely miss that the you know, two balls right in front of the net because he doesn't play and he's a left back, but he's, but it's quite another when, you know, when you have a striker who, who does, does on occasion miss those, those right in front of the goal. And it does frustrate, uh, especially towards the end of matches, but yeah. I'm of the opinion where if we give him a little bit more time, I think he obviously Dom works his ass off and he knows that he needs to finish those. And it's just a matter of if you finish that. He will quiet everybody if he goes out and he scores two or three goals this weekend and beyond. So, yeah, I feel like you, you talk about that game. You got to talk about Dom. Uh, he got the chances. Uh, I mean, it was exciting. The fact that he got there, uh, he got a, I mean, one of them was an intricate ball played across, mm-hmm. I think from uh, gray, Uh it's just sliced through everybody and he somehow still got a foot on it. Uh, his concentration level was really good to actually get a foot on it. Um, just, just didn't slip through decent save. And then it was another ball that it was played across by Iwobi. It was a really, really nice ball, yeah. uh, through ball right to him. And, you know, uh, another one-on-one, uh, and again, keeper made a good save. And the, again, the guy, guy could have had a hat trick. Um, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I'm just, I think he's going to miss more. It's going to keep happening. He's young. He's going to make them too. That's the point is let's, the more we play, we get more opportunities. The better we get, we get more opportunities. The more opportunities we get, the more, that's why, you know, I always, you know, always amazed. Like when, uh, I'm, I'm, 
I'm always amazed when people are surprised when attacking squads get lots of PKs. Mm -hmm. They have tons of chances and they're in the box a lot more often. So naturally they're going to, you know, and, but it, you know, it also, you know, big six gives me has a little bias, but you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) That is a thing. (laughs) to, To maybe like go off of that. We we're in like the, the first two matches, well, let's start with the second. I'll quickly the second half of Southampton, and then going because I think it went into the Leeds match. Mm-hmm. We this was different than especially for the last four months of last year, where we had no chances. Midfield was awful and wasn't creating anything. Now we were. It felt like every other minute we were in their half of the, of the pitch and we were creating chances. And it was. It almost felt like it was foreign to Dom and mm-hmm. and some of the guys because it's just like wow there's another one and another one and another one yeah so you know if that keeps up obviously you know you, you got to finish those but it's I, it's at least encouraging that the midfield is that's behind it these guys is, and the back four are creating these chances for them really fast and quickly I might add they are literally they are up the pitch from the time that Pickford has it it's straight up and almost mm-hmm. into their box within like three or four seconds so they uh, this hit, this kind of hit and run tactic with us is, is something that I can definitely get behind if it can, continues to create these kind of chances. Now Dom just has to finish it. You're right. Uh, Damari Gray. Quality player. Looking pretty good. That pretty goal. Good. That goal. Yeah. That goal was. That was. I mean, he, was... He, he, threw, he threw a little move on that guy and put it, put it far post, side netting. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was that was quite a finish. I mean, it was it it went from oh no because he mishandled it a little bit, uh, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, like the far post, you're right, and then he just yeah. and then he did the and then he did the celebration that we all do at one point in our lives, which is try to slide and then whoops, <laughs> like nope, <laughs> tumbling over, and, just uh, roll with it. <laughs> yeah, but it was but that was awesome, and especially because he seems to be so genuinely happy now playing. Mm-hmm. I think he was in a bad way after he left Leicester and then obviously not, didn't work out in Germany. And now he's, mm-hmm. he's back where he wants to be. And I think he's, and I think he really is enjoying himself at Everton. He's, he, 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 not only is he, you know, getting his chances, he's, he, he's so good off the ball and where his movement his positioning is. And that's why mm-hmm. he was able to set up and, and get to the, get to that point and score. Um, so I, I, it's unfortunate that, the team wasn't able to help him out and get that three because that was a that's a game winning goal and unfortunately you know they could not hold on but I would say just leading into Rafinha I mean that was a yeah. that was an incredible I mean they should have cleared that ball but it was an incredible yeah. incredible goal from where he was it was a really nice shot I was I was watching it trying to like mm-hmm. think like okay whose fault is this you know <laughs> yeah. that blamer and so i was like okay coleman are you blocking the are you are you closing down the face of the yes you are he curled it around yeah i mean it's a good shot now yeah. however I should point out the first leads goal <laughs> there may be some to? blame to to be thrown <laughs> oh boy i mean Keen is an easy scapegoat, and for good reason. I mean, he he really he I, I've 
it's kind of like, and I, like I said, my, my brother-in-law's a, a United fan and he goes, I really like, he goes, I like Harry Maguire. I'm like, yeah, he's a good player, but when he goes up too far, like, and gets caught out uh, outside the box, he gets himself in a lot of trouble like he did last week. And that's the same thing with Keane. Keane mm-hmm. is now, I feel like Keane has gotten a lot slower in the last yeah. 12 months. And for whatever reason, for the, these couple of games in the first two games, not yes, yesterday's another story, but he has found himself in no man's land as a center half, especially one that doesn't have any speed. And he got, well, you can put maybe some of the blame on Luca Dean, but again, he, maybe he was caught out a little bit, but he at least made the attempt to try and stop, you know, he slid tackle to try to stop the play and that didn't happen. And then Keen just completely overran it. And it, and all of a sudden there he's five yards behind uh, Bamford and that you just knew at that point, it was like, Oh crap. And I, we were at, uh, it was, you know, click. I was, was who, who finished that off? Was it? I think it was click. Click 43. I think, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was click. Uh, I was trying to remember. Uh, Bamford was. Yeah. Cause Bamford was, Bamford's the one who got by everybody. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he, yeah. He was everywhere. Bamford was the one who got by Keen. And, but uh, mm. uh, I think somebody had said on Twitter after the latest mess yesterday that, you know, Keen just, Keen looks like he needs a, a break which is an odd thing to say three mm-hmm. games into the season, but yeah. he may have, a, there may be a point there just because I, is it, is it because he's mentally not sharp or is there something physically wrong with him? I don't know, but I don't maybe know. Maybe he's not, wrong. maybe he's not jiving with management. You know, there yeah. could be, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's going through some stuff where he's down where if people have that, it happens. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I actually, We'll get into this later, but I could see him getting a break this weekend. I would hope that's what happens. Uh, I honestly, with the depth, the depth that they have at center half, especially mm-hmm. if Ben Godfrey's back, like they, yep. they, there is no reason to play him, play Keen this weekend. Yeah, I'd give him, give him a little time to kind of recover and try to. Sometimes just unplugging is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, uh, let's move on. One point was not the worst out of that result, by the way. I do think we no, easily could have no. walked away with all three points. Totally easily. agree. I, I think that I was initially for a little bit disappointed that we didn't get three. But again, yeah. what the what the main ask is for, for teams, get your three points at home. Get If you can snag one on the road every time, good. Then go mm-hmm. back and, and snag the three at home that you need to get. But if you keep getting points every week, that's all that matters. So uh, we roll up Carabao Cup match mm-hmm. Tuesday, and uh, you see you see the formation, you see the lineup, and you see we're running three or five at the back, however you want to say it. Um, right. Do your heart sink a little, thinking, "Oh my gosh, we're playing at Huddersfield and we're rolling up," you know, with five in the back. <laughs> Well, uh, to be honest with you, Jerry, I had no idea what kind of lineup he was going to roll with uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. He had made first; he had said things like, "We've got to give guys some rest," but then he also said, "I've got to play the best squad I can." Yeah. And so that's kind of like, well, which is it? And we got a little bit of both, I would say. And mm-hmm. I was so happy, to be honest with you, to see Nukuku playing left back. I mean, Me that too. was 
it was such it was such like oh wow it's September again from last year and so we're we're going to be first in the league again in a couple of weeks so but it was but in all seriousness like uh, it was nice to see him back that we have a manager that trust that trusts him enough at least I mean I know it's second round of the championship side but Huddersfield had rolled into that match on a on a roll I mean, they had they had won three straight matches, I believe, up to that point. And so they were going to be a tough out. And But I'm just glad to see him trust John Joe Penny, who had had a disastrous year last year. Yeah. And then Nkuku, who, who I thought would deserve to be able to get a, a, a chance in this cup match. Obviously, Begovich back there, uh, who, had, who played so well in the Florida Cup. And then, you know, I was a little little surprised again that Michael Keane was back there and he had played so many minutes he played every minute up to that point that it was kind of like okay can you give him a break but I guess with Godfrey Godfrey had traveled with the team but he wasn't part of the squad yeah. so yeah that was a little weird I guess they they still hadn't didn't think he was ready so but you're right I mean I initially thought is this going to be like a 5-3-2 or but as but it turns out I guess it was more like a three kind of a 3-5-2 or kind of a hybrid that he kept mixing yeah. around because obviously Kenny and Nakuku can go box to box. So it was more like they can travel up with the midfielders. Yeah. So. That's what I was going to say. It, it switches based on possession, right? So we yeah. have the ball, it's three in the back. They have the ball, it's five in the back. And it's, it, I think it's, it's actually really smart because not only does it take the pressure off of Nkunku and Kenny to give mm-hmm. them three center backs behind, but also it takes a little pressure off of Branthwaite who is exactly. in for the first time in a while. He's he's sitting there playing. And uh, I felt like you had five defenders there who needed to be in a, in a position where they don't have a lot of pressure. All five of them. Exactly. Every one of them benefited from being in a back five. You know, uh, Holgate, Keen, both of them, I think, had recently made some mistakes. And so having mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. now, did, it, did, did they still maybe make some? Yeah. All right. But... But we're, we're, okay, let's really quickly talk about. Okay, no, go to what you're going to say, and now I'll move on. Okay, real quick. As much as I, I know, Keen was Keen was at fault for the goal, uh, at the header. I mean, look, mm-hmm. they look the whole team shut down after that our goal in the first half, and then but he's again he's going to get scapegoated to that, and you know he was responsible for that man, but at the same time, uh, on the flip side, I want to say positive things about Mason Holgate because he has taken a lot of flack and rightfully so for some of his mm. performances, but I thought he played one of his better matches in, I don't almost 12 months. Mm. At that I thought this is because I think the pressure be having the guys back with him helps him mm. out. Big time. I mean, just real quick, something like a real play at the very end when they were trying, Huddersfield was trying to equalize toward the end that Holgate hit, a, got a header like and headed it out for a corner that was, going to land at the feet of a Huddersfield striker had he not intervened right there. And that's just yeah. that's one of those things that you, you look for. And so you got to, that's some, it's one of those things where he's been criticized. And so I would just want to give him a lot of credit for the fact that he stayed in that fight. Doesn't Holgate usually do well in a three? I feel like yeah. he's, he's excelled in a three before. And we've he's said, much better hey, in is a this three or a five yeah. set than he yeah. is a four. I yeah. net, like whenever I see him as a part of a two man center back with four, I cringe because it's like, oh, you know, the only guy 
I feel like that he pairs well with is Godfrey. And it doesn't well, happen. For I would love often. when we play against these teams to have a little more quickness up front. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and Godfrey are our quickest two center yeah. backs. The idea of being able to roll with those two every once in a while and feel, you know, like, like you're not going to get a, a letdown would be great uh, right. because he, he does provide some quickness. Um, so anyway, hopefully we'll be able to utilize, continue to utilize him this season. I'm very curious. Um, there, okay. No, I was going to say their goals, but maybe we should, should we, should we discuss our goals first and then there, because they had at least one strange goal and then they had a disallowed goal that was exactly mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. And do we, I mean, it's something that we've, we've talked about over the years. Everton's not defending on set pieces mm-hmm. and it's, it, it's, it's been a problem. Doesn't matter who's on the bench, who's the manager. We have had issues again on corners, and it's mm-hmm. and I honestly, I Jerry, you probably were you're, you've been a fan long enough. It's the end of the half; they've got a corner. What's going to happen? Oh, right, there it is. I, I wasn't, I didn't even react because I, I, you just saw, you just knew it was coming. And even the announcer, the announcer who miss who uh, mistook Moise Keane for Alex Wobie about eight times, did so at least, many times, <laughs> did at least understand. Yeah, he said it. He's like, that was coming. And I, and I was like, totally right. He was coming. Oh, and he was the that was his first ever goal for Huddersfield. Because of course it was. <laughs> well, it, but did you did you notice like on the uh, like uh on the replay, you know their their second goal that got uh this that one. got ruled out for offsides mm-hmm. because he was blocking the view of the keeper. Mm-hmm. There was a player blocking the view of the keeper in the on the first goal, too. I'd yes. love to see the replay to see if the guy taking the corner had moved like, or if he was still mm-hmm. there, you know, or if, if that player was still off, I'd be curious because if it's the same situation, then both goals should have been ruled out. Well, do we want to get into the officiating yesterday? Because. Oh, that... it, oh I wrote it down. <laughs> the disallowed goals slash officiating. So. My goodness. Yeah. Cause I mean, disallowed so... goals, plural. There are, uh, there are like academy games managed better than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are. I mean, um, that, that was, that was just, I mean, that was pathetic. The, the Moise Keen disallowed goal, he was two yards on. Like, are you guys just not, it was, it was there, I guess VAR didn't exist yesterday. I, I, I have no, I think it's just nonsensical that some games have VAR and some don't. Yeah. Why, why, what is this? Like, if, if England, if the FA institutes it, then why isn't it at every level of professional soccer there? I, I, don't I, have, I, I do not get it. I, I thought it was dumb since, since it, I mean, it happened in other tournaments. It happened, like, last year. And it yeah. was infuriating then. You know, I, I just remember being, uh, maybe even the year before, just a frustrating uh, decision to do that. Um, and And I'm sure they're going to say something to the effect of, oh, they're not set up for VAR, blah, 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 oh. whatever. It's football. There's money. You can have VAR. Got it. I, yeah. It's, I, it's a, it's a it big was, enough – that stadium is a Premier League-sized stadium. You can get – you can figure it out. Like this 
Like, I do want to say that like, we can talk about Moyes a little bit because he obviously was involved in several things that happened yesterday. Um, but I don't want, I would say, I don't want to bury this because for me, the man of the match was Alex Awobi. He, yep. And yep. that whole midfield, you could give that, a, if you get a group, the man of the match, the midfield. I mean, Tom Davies, the other guy who had one of his best matches in months. Assist. He had an assist, that amazing, like the chest down, which started the break, which then he mm-hmm. took the ball back and just, just carved Huddersfield Town down the middle and found Iwobi for the finish. Hey, look, in the past, when Iwobi had no confidence, he would have missed that. And yeah. but thank, but uh, you know he he got it off his foot fast and got it past the keeper, scored. You know the it really has been a revelation. At least these first few games, he's been him the guy that we signed him for. Yes, that's he's been involved in like he's been involved one way or another in like every goal. Yeah, and he's what's he been he got four? He's been four involvements this already. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a I mean, lot of, it, it obviously is not every goal because there was a penalty, but you know what I mean. It was a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, it's I, I love seeing people excel when they've been struggling on confidence. I'm a huge fan of watching someone turn it around. You know. Yeah, it's great too because you know that like he, the abuse he probably gets on social media mm-hmm. anytime he posts something, and so it's, uh, it's, I don't even I, I don't even bother looking at his the the responses because it's just it's, I'm sure it's terrible but the but it's just so nice to see like all the posts now about him you know like did like the one that someone posted it's like Rafa gave him new bed sheets and it's just beans you know as yes okay and that's like, <laughs> I didn't see that that's that, really... you got to check that out that's fantastic and that makes me uh, that makes me happy that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was totally going to say I miss I, I I secretly miss the omelet with beans on it. So yeah. Oh man, it's like in the other the other really cool thing that someone was mentioning uh, was after the match, Rafa took a will be over to the traveling fans I, because, I heard. to tell them basically told them he played ten minutes hurt, you know he was mm-hmm. on a bum groin, and uh, they basically like cheered his name and whatnot. And, and I, I think that's very important because he knew just how much abuse Alex had been getting and how down he'd been over a long period of time. Um, the, I guess the only down, the negative part about that, of course, is that hopefully his groin injury isn't too bad and he's available Saturday. But normally when you hear groin injury, that's not good. I know. You need to take so, a break. Yeah. I, I, he, he does. He's played virtually every game. So – Actually, this would be a good time for him. And then he's got the international break afterwards. So probably going to be a time to rest him for a little bit. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah. I think it'd be smart. Yeah. So anything else about Huddersfield? I mean, we talk about Keen. He had an excellent finish. He did. And how good was that finish, man? That was, that was, that's world-class. That's far post up top shelf. I mean, that's without, yeah, and knowing, thinking that he was on, and he was, and uh, that is a that's a world class goal. I just, you know, I I just casually said it on Twitter, which don't do that. I, I just say things like, um, he's got to be smarter with his actions. Someone was like, "That's not a red," and I'm like, "That's not the point." 
the point is, is okay. You're going to, these guys are going to bait you in this. They know they can bait yes, you. They will. And that's what happened. You lost the ball. You chased after it. The guy also lost was, was getting mad too. And he shoved you in the back. Now that's mm-hmm. a foul. Should have been a foul. Should have been whistled. But at the same time, was he trying to was he trying to give us advantage? Is that why he didn't call it at first? Because it clearly I, was. I think that could be. But then again, the officiating was so awful yesterday. I, I don't. You just yeah, you that. can't assume competence at any yeah. turn. <laughs> so I, I just didn't want to assume anything. But then, you know, watching it again, like obviously he he was it. it it, everyone's getting if the emotions are starting to get high you get shoved in the back you're getting you're already pissed off that you had a goal that's allowed mm-hmm. but you can't in front of a referee where he's standing five yards away from you turn around not just shove him but then turn around and do it again like you're you're asking for this bad referee to basically put himself in the spotlight and make an example out of somebody and i i you it, also it have to be careful about where your hands go yeah period. If you're making a decision to shove someone, you've got to realize that at at this level, and actually most levels, if it gets anywhere above shoulders, you're going to, if it it just touches someone, people can make it look bad every time, you know? So Mm -hmm. I would agree. I think you make a really good point is that it's not the point whether or not it's a red uh, I I think he uh, being a, being a little bit more responsible for actions, you know. I mean, I get it. It's a it's a heated game, but you got to know. You got to know. That's what's going to happen. You, the, someone, you're the reactionary person is going to get sent off before the yeah. guy who started it. And it's that's and that's what that's all I meant about that tweet. I got some responses to it. But I thought, you know what? The, I I I'm in the camp that I'm not sure Moyes wants to be here. Uh, it's obvious from some of his demeanors and some of his actions on social yeah. media that he's really angry that he's still there and yeah. he he's not getting the offers that I think Mino Rayala had promised him. And it was, it's very, it's obviously, is, is that his main? Like PS, PSG? Yeah. That's his agent, right? I think it is. Oh, 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 I don't actually know. I don't know. Who, I, okay. I thought you had said Real. And I was oh, like, sorry, Mino, Mino yeah, Rayola. Okay, Mino Rayola, okay. yo, yeah, I know exactly what you mean now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's his agent. But yeah, PSG, when they didn't come back in, I think that really angered him because now what's happened is Messi's here and yeah. it's over. It's like, obviously, we can't buy, we can't pay for you now. And yeah. Rafa didn't want to hear about it with a loan. So uh, oh. he, Honestly, it's weird. I, I don't know what to make of him. Uh, seeing him at the Florida Cup, he looked like he was really happy. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that's because back then he thought, well, I'm out of here anyway in a month. So, mm-hmm. but I think times have changed a little bit. You know, he, the telling thing is when a player, how a player reacts after a red, and he just walked off. He yeah. didn't really even offer a, like, a, really? like get into the guy's face and like, no struggle, no argument to try to stay on. No. Nothing. And it was like, I, I just, I honestly don't know what to make of him. He's a little bit of an enigma and he's still really young too. I, I, I want to believe that he wants to be at Everton and succeed, but I'm, and my thing is, it's like, dude, if you want to go to PSG or, or any of those clubs, you better start producing here because yeah. your career is going to be 
done very quickly unless you figure something out here. Because if you keep having these these kinds of run-ins like this and you're not scoring, and I know he scored, but I, I, I want him to succeed. But this is just, it's I'm, his, my patience is, is wearing thin with him right now. Yeah. Like you, you, you could have cost us the game yesterday, man. Like I know it's not a red, but still you can't do that. Like I would, I would absolutely love for him to come in, start smashing it. It'd be great. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love to him for him to say, you know what, I'm going to earn my place. And maybe he comes in the last 20 minutes of games for a while because DCL's earned a starting spot. Or maybe we start every once in a while starting with two strikers. Uh, that and, and, you know, I mean, we, we've sort of done that every once in a while with Richarlison kind of be a second striker sometimes. Yep. Um, you know, uh, but, you know, and him, him kind of slotting in there it could be because he's, uh, there are times where he's talented enough to, to start for our team. There are times where, but it's just a, for me, it's an attitude and a work ethic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, you can usually tell by an on-field demeanor about, about a player, Yeah, you know, but so I, it's I, disappointing, I, I, man. I'll try not to read too much into it, but you know, it's just too much. You've seen too much of it over the last, um, yeah. he, he's, he's clearly, you look at him, you looked at him at PSG and obviously when you're playing with Neymar and you're playing with Di Maria and people like that, you're, you're, you're obviously going to be a little happier than Mbappe, yeah. but I mean, it, they're obviously world-class and they do a lot of the work and it really takes a lot of pressure off of you. It does. But, but you know, and then whereas Everton, he has a lot of talent with him, but it's yeah. obviously not PSG. And I think he's he's bummed out that he's not back with his buddies down there. Yeah. So I, I just think hopefully Rafa or somebody talks to him and basically says, if you want to be back there, then start producing here. And hopefully, hopefully he, he I you know what I, I try I don't want to read into stuff, but you know, when a will be scored. You know, and they're like they're doing the celebration and behind the goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked genuinely like happy. I was psyched. I was so psyched right? to see him right? be a part of that. That was awesome. Yeah, because you know it's kind of remember some celebrations he would just walk back. You know, but yeah. then he then like when he and then yeah, Wobi and him and Nikoku you know celebrated. That's cool. Yeah, like maybe yeah. maybe maybe he like he wants to be here. We'll see. It's it's kind yeah. of a to be continued. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna sit there and say say he doesn't do i do i get the vibe he doesn't yes i do yeah. i get that vibe but uh he's also a young guy yeah. and uh i changed a lot in my 20s just saying <laughs> right. so you know he's a person and uh so yeah i'll be curious curious to see what happens with him in the next couple weeks and how mm-hmm. uh, what his attitude toward it is so Great. All right, mailbag. Okay, let's do these quick because uh, there's a lot of questions. I want to knock them all out, okay? Sure. Let's start. Jake Holton sent in a question because, because he's just that guy. He said he'll, he'll take the call. Uh, he'll take off the air. He'll hang up and take it off the air. He's at, he's at fight camp right now. Of course he is. <laughs> no, but we're not supposed to talk about it. Uh, is that the first or second roller boat? That is the first, both. <laughs> all rule. <roll>. <laughs> Jake, I'm sorry I couldn't resist. 
Um, so, so Jake, uh, Jake asks, do you think Richarlison will still be an Everton player after the window closes? And if he does leave, who's your dream player to replace him? Also, on Reddit, 9Yoshi5 asked, not verbatim, but almost the exact same question. So, Yoshi, I want to make sure I mentioned you there. Um, but, yeah. Uh, do you think Rich Richarlison will still be an Everton player after the window closes? You're on, Cam. Uh, so, as of this recording today, we heard a lot of conflicting things about Richie. And mm -hmm. one was, you know, both are from very reliable Twitter folks, uh, both on the inside and out. Insiders saying Richie, as Richie's agent, has notified Everton to start looking for replacements because he's going to be gone in the next week. Mm -hmm. and then, then something came out after that because I guess someone, because of course, if something like that happens, Everton floods uh, Fabrizio Romano's Twitch account and asks him, like, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> yep. and, uh, apparently, Fabrizio Romano on his Twitch uh, account said, Richie's staying, and Everton believes he is also staying. So, to answer the first part, I do. I, I normally like to believe Romano because he's normally reliable. So I'm, and I'm also trying to be optimistic here because I don't think we can afford losing Richie if we are looking to actually finish top, you know, six, seven. There's no way. Uh, it's also we, late in the window. It's too late. late in the window. It's way too late. We should. If we were going to sell him, why didn't we do it a month ago? Uh, the, it's, it, you know, because you know, everyone knows how Everton does business because it's not quickly. So, um, I do think Richie's staying. But if we want to do hypotheticals, let's and be pessimists and say, okay, well, he's gone. Who's coming in? Um, I mean, there's been no shortage of rumors, and of course, by now, I think everyone that we were ever rumored to be linked with is now not going to come play for us. <laughs> Uh, I think the latest was Correa is now going to enter. Enter. And uh, Cunha, Cunha just went to Atletico. Cunha is at Atletico now. Uh, basically, everyone that we were linked with is no longer uh, on the market, which is another problem that if Richie went, uh, we wouldn't have anything. We wouldn't, there wouldn't be anyone there. I guess yeah. if there was a dream person, I honestly was psyching myself up for Correa because I know, but then again, on one side, real Correa is insanely talented, and he played. I mean, he he really him and Immobile were so good at Lazio, mm -hmm. and it would have been such a dream like player to have behind Dom. And uh, but at the same time, Correa also had a aura about him like uh, Jaimes does, where mm -hmm. I'm only coming on because of this, 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 and where Jaimes is here only because of Carlo Ancelotti. We know how that's been going lately. Mm -hmm. Now with Correa has been like, I want Champions League football and I want to play at Inter. Well, it's like, well, we, why in the world do we have an agreement with him if he doesn't even want to be here? That would have been a disaster. Mm -hmm. And he, we would have the same situation we've got with Hymas right now. And uh, so, but it would have been a really cool, cool idea to have him there. I, there are lots of players. Like, I really would have loved to have, like, Leon Bailey, who's now at Aston Villa. That would have mm -hmm. been someone... I think would have been just a game changer. I hope they can get over the line with Matthew Hoppy from Schalke. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that's not a sexy signing, but I feel like he's a, such a hard worker. He reminds me of Seamus Coleman, that type of player. Um, 
just like somebody like we don't necessarily have to have like a big money signing like that's not who we are anyway um i just it's th that sort of thing i know we got linked with uh weston mckinney over from juventus that i know he's now it's more i think west ham and villa are looking at him mm. but that's another kind of work rate guy that i would think would be a really nice signing for us uh but i think and I'm hopeful that I don't have to think about that anymore because I think Richie is going to stay and I'll just see what your opinion is on that at this point. Well, uh, I mentioned the possible like signings that were valued around 30 million. Uh, I wrote mm -hmm. down as a dream player. The, the question was, who is your dream player to replace him? Well, I, I, I did not do, put dream player down. Oh. Because I, I it was just, but the first thing I wrote was Pulisic. Yeah, God, because, he's interesting. Because he's What's not he starting. That's what I yeah. mean. You know, I don't, I don't get it. But additionally, there's another a lot of players that I that I really like that I think if you if you put a bid and it's enough, like uh, it's a uh, Marcus Duram, I think it's his name mm -hmm. uh, at, at uh, Gladbach. Uh, Torgan Hazard, uh, sure. uh, I'd love you know who's. I don't think he's completely ridiculous as far as his uh, his valuation. Um, uh, I like Musa Diaby. I mm -hmm. think that maybe maybe more affordable. Um, and a player I really like, and I mentioned last time, and I'm just going to say him again. And I'm he, they, these are players who could play all across the line, like anywhere. But Jonathan David at Lille from Canada is. Mm -hmm is a baller i'd love to i'd love to have an exciting player like that that we could just insert in there and i feel like he would be he would bring even more athleticism so yeah those are those are some players that i that would not be ridiculous money yeah. but would be potentially some exciting you know spark off and off, I, either off the yeah. or starting no i agree i'm pulisic i'll start with pulisic and i'll name another guy who we were early we were i thought we had literally had signed from Portugal. And the, you know what I'm talking about. I thought we had him in, uh, but who I really would have liked. Well, I'll start with him, Mateus Nunes. And, Nunes. Uh, yeah. and uh, I really was looking forward to him moving in uh, as part of our part of our team, part of our squad. I thought he was going to kind of be a dynamic game changer. That would have been someone I would have liked. But to go back to Pulisic, uh, God, he's such a, it's such a weird case study at Chelsea with him. Like I know he's, everyone knows how good he is. Like it's, it's just a matter of whoever's managing the squad. Obviously Lampard loved him. Yeah. And he, you know, a lot of playing time under him. Tuchel, I, Tuchel really has been very mum about whether or not he really wants to, to really thinks he fits in that squad. I mean, if I was brands, I would maybe just make a inquiry to Chelsea about him. Cause uh, another thing is if you look at, Chelsea's chasing right now, which is literally everybody, but mm -hmm. Saul at Atletico, and uh, they were trying to grab uh, Kingsley Coman from Bayern, Ooh. and that, but uh, Bayern, Bayern told them eighty million, and they left, and they said no. Yeah. So, but Coman plays where Pulisic plays, mm -hmm. and so clearly, if there's strong rumors that he they're trying to grab these kinds of players. They, he must not think Pulisic is in his the future is in the future plans for these guys, for Chelsea, yeah. and that's really a shame to me because I feel like he is such a good value to them, 
even though they've got a lot higher priced players and, you know, bigger names than him. I think he's actually, he has held his own there for two years. I would absolutely bend over backwards to, if I was Everton to try and grab him. I know he would probably, it would obviously be a little bit of a step down for him, but it, it's still one of those things where, well, do you want first, you want first team football? Cause you'd play in our squad every single week. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, in a lesser degree, it's Terry Small moving to Southampton. Like you've, yeah. you've, you want first, you want first team football. You've got it right here, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean obviously Richarlison plays on the left wing, but Richarlison has also demonstrated he can play, he can play in the middle and he can play up top. So, yes, it, so I, 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 now that you, now that you mentioned Pulisic, now, now I, now I want, right. Yes. <laughs> Well, probably not going to have him, but you know, well, it'd be it'd be fun. It'd be fun, and I, I, I actually, I'd love to see him prove his uh, durability a little more too. A little that too. Yep. I'd love to see. Love to see that. Um, uh, one of the brothers, McAllister, Paul, has asked if you could attend one game this season, which one and why? I'm going to. <laughs> I'm attending the derby and. Uh, uh, December, I'm going to the okay. Tuesday Derby at at Goodison. I've that's a that was been a dream match for me, and obviously I we talked about this before the recording started. Uh, it's going to be myself and uh, Roger Smith from Winston Salem, his son Owen, who's actually in the the academy yeah. there, Winston. That you're a, I know yes. you're talking about the fusion. Yeah, uh, we were recording. We were recording the U23 practice, and they had brought in uh, a couple of the younger players to like you know, play with them before playoffs. And there's Owen sitting there. He's like, Hey, I know you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we a, didn't realize it. I, was, I was sitting there filming Owen. Didn't even realize it. Yeah. Every time I talk to Roger, you know, Owen's doing something else crazy for the Academy. He's a good player. And, uh, yeah. but anyway, uh, we are all going to, we're going over at right after Thanksgiving. Actually, I think Roger's going for Thanksgiving, which I don't know if he's going to be divorced by the end of this, but, <laughs> but uh, I'm going, I, I, even as someone who is not married, I know for a fact that I'm not allowed to leave the country until after Thanksgiving. So uh, I made sure to leave for that. We're, so what we're doing is we were originally going to try and go to Brentford um, for the mm -hmm. match on Saturday. That would have been very, pretty cool, but we, uh, we put that in the air. We've decided we might uh, just go closer to Liverpool in the very beginning. And I suggested to them, well, he's like, I was like, well, wait a minute. Who's that team that um, in Wales that Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds bought? Wrexham. Like, oh, that's AFC Wrexham. And then I looked at where Wrexham was. And I'm like, Wrexham's only an hour and a half train ride from Liverpool. And it's... Uh, to my knowledge and because i think it's in the northern part of wales and they have a home match and i was like well what if we do that and then we go sightsee wales after that I'm like perfect and then so we might do that but then tuesday is the most random derby day maybe ever it is a tuesday evening uh but it's at goodison 
And so that's that's the that's the dream match that I want to go. And then uh, we will be there also for the following weekend against a home game against Arsenal. So, uh, but yeah, I, I've always dreamt about going to a derby, what that's like. Um, and I'm very excited, hopefully, as long as things kind of hold, that mm-hmm. we will be over there in a couple of months to experience that. Yeah, What's I've your- never gone to a game. Mm-hmm. So this this question from Paul is sort of like a tough one because I'm kind of like, I, I'd settle for watching them play Tranmere. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm, oh, yeah. I, I would, I would watch anything. Uh, I mean, the, the knee jerk reaction is uh, a home Derby, right? I mean, if you uh, the one you're going to, right. I mean, that's, that's the knee jerk. One would think that's uh, that, that would be the way to do it. But also, I mean, that's intense for your first one, right? Should that uh, be your first, should your first ever no. match be no, 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 no. <clears throat> no, I don't, you know what I, I mean? You got to ease your way in. And it's like my first, my first ever game was Stoke City and mm. five years ago. And that was a good one to ease into because it was a kind of a, a physical battle, defensive battle. Uh, Leighton Baines scored the winner because it was a penalty that actually bounced off of Stokes. It, it bounced off the, the uh, post and then it hit Shea Gibbon in the back of the head when he was trying to, to grab it and it went in, which was very, I would say very Stoke. And very, yeah. very, uh, we didn't see it because we had obstructed views. So that was a very Everton match. <laughs> so, but that was, that was a, uh, that was my first ever. That was, and I would say, I would recommend if, whenever you decide to go over, first off, make sure you get there to Goodison before it closes. Cause that is a legendary. Yeah, incident. that's definitely going to happen. Yeah, absolutely going to happen. No, I think, then I'm, then I think I would probably pick Norwich because that way I go. can, uh, that way it's not enormous stakes yeah. uh, but at the same time i'd be able to as I, and i'd get my everything experience but i'd also get to watch josh Sargent play for norwich Boom. there you go not a yeah. bad little pick there okay there you go paul so um next question from let's see here i i really want to get to this one Alfie Lloyd asked one that I have been particularly interested in. I've been doing a lot of interviews with players about this stuff. And I just think it's, it's a good question. Everton are looking to spend money on young male and female players. Why is there not a constant supply of young North American players in the EPL? Is the problem coaching, culture, scouting, skill, mm-hmm. desire, etc.? How can the numbers be increased? Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. that's i mean uh, first of all we have to get to keep this quick but that's a whole show that's a whole show alfie you just need to know that is a can of worms it, the reason being is it's all of the above yes and uh, that's a short answer for you uh there is because because we could get into a litany of problems with major league soccer u.s soccer and why there's so much stunted growth uh, with players being grown here we're mm-hmm. seeing it I mean, I can just tell you a short answer. Also, Jurgen Klinsmann was absolutely right when he was our manager about players needing to go out into Europe and around the world to play and stop playing in Major League Soccer. I want Major League Soccer to succeed because it only will help growth here, especially at the young ages and academies. But right now, like if you're good enough, you need to be outside of this country playing. 
as has been proven time and time and time again. Okay. But I mean, but yeah, but long story short, we, yeah, it's a whole litany of problems. It is all of the above, Albie. That is, yes. we, have, we have a problem at, at homegrown issue right now with U.S. soccer. Uh, I'll point out um, the movie we're making, a bunch of college players, almost all of them international, mm-hmm. who have come from different academies from different countries, Spain, uh england portugal they're coming from academies over there for one reason or another things didn't work out at those academies okay they come over here and they come to their college program and they're like the best players at their college program okay they're Mm -hmm. good they're very good players they come over here and they're even better by comparison okay now Think about the fact that those players come over here and they excel and they did not work out at the academies in England and in Spain and all those places. Okay. I would say that one of the big problems is our players aren't good enough. There's not enough good players, like period. No. Like we're not there yet. And a big part of it, you mentioned coaching, you know, culture, mm-hmm. all that, you know, if we had better players, they'd be able to compete with some of these really good players that are coming in from from overseas and uh, that are uh, and and, in the bummer about those players by the way there's really good players from overseas that are that are coming in and playing for uh, american colleges they can't play pro very often because there's there's a a a maximum amount of players that international players that are allowed on mls which is is completely insane yes insane you know that was players are just stalling out you know the last the last country that had that in place was england and that was back in the late 80s early 90s before the premier league really got going england was kind of a holdout country they didn't want international players playing in their league and but as everyone else told them do you not want to be like a a really good good league because it, it was a good league but england was so full of itself in terms of like the fact that we believe we have the best players already. Now that's not what the U.S. thinks, but that's what England felt like. But then once they finally started introducing player visas and whatnot, and, and letting these international players and uh, come in, and I think United was like one of the first clubs that did that, and sort of like Cantona and all those guys that came in, mm-hmm. it, the quality immediately just went like that, and just. And then it was like unlimited amount of players should be coming in here, and you shouldn't be restricting them on doing anything and that's we're still like major league soccer has a 20th century problem as u.s soccer does like we're still living back there Mm -hmm. uh so many pundits like uh stu holden and lexi lawless taylor uh taylor twelman they all have said the same problem still exists and when they were playing like they're we the u.s soccer has not uh advanced and progressed with everyone else and that's why we're stuck where we are right now yeah, and we just don't have a huge identity mm-hmm. uh, as a as a soccer country. There's not a, a defined style right now. They're trying to manufacture one with Berhalter, and and it's good results. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's it's great to watch see some results. I'm not going overboard, you know. I'm not going to sit there and be like, we're we deserve our top ten ranking. I don't know about that, uh, but you know, won some games. I'm excited. It's cool. Mm. I feel like I'm I allowed to be a little excited. Make, you know? make up more tournaments so we can beat Mexico. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but 
but I mean, I think it starts, it really does start with, uh, with culture and, and people knowing enough about the sport. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm having, as a parent, I'm having to like manufacture a soccer culture for my kids mm -hmm. to, in order to make sure they get enough touches on the ball, because in other countries, they're playing in the backyard, they're playing at the park, they're playing in the street, they're playing in a, a cage down the, down the road, you know what I mean? And they're playing all the time here, all the time. not doing that. They're not doing that at all. And I have to figure out a way to give my kids touches and have them still enjoy it. Right. Because yeah, you can't sit right. there. You can't put your kid in 10 leagues because they get to the point where they're like, Oh, soccer again. You know what I mean? It's uh, it is a, it's a, it's a life over there. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter where, where you are, what country you're in. I mean, uh, specifically I'll say England, cause that was the last country I traveled to. And it, uh, if you're driving down, it doesn't matter what city, you will see schools, you'll see the kids in school, but then you'll see the, the field right there. You'll see the kids playing field, 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 field. There's, there's just everywhere. You're right, yeah. exactly. Fran and then I took the train uh, down to France and I was in uh, just driving, taking the train, like seeing, like going through cities and towns, same thing. Kid kids are, mm -hmm. are playing, playing, playing. Like it's, it is a religion down there and it's out over there. It's not religion here. We would rather, we have, now we have the, the luxury of so many different sports that we could play, but parents are still not putting their kids through, at least if they eat through football or football, and if they, even if they are, it's not the rigorous um, football that you are needed to have in order to succeed at the level these guys are playing at. True. Yeah. It's, I mean, basically Alfie, it's a complicated answer. Uh, it stems from the fact that it's a young sport in this country. We don't know what to do with it. We also, it's a really big country with a lot of distance uh, in between communities. Uh, there's, there's just a lot of reasons. And don't even get me started on the women's soccer. Oh. Uh, don't get me started. That's a different conversation. It's completely, it'll take we, a can't, we, we really can't talk about it because then we're, 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 un, we're unloading like just a new can of worms. There. It's a big old can, and it's a can that should be talked about. And but I mean, it yeah. should be. Oh, because anyway. you want to talk about what's backwards about U.S. soccer? <laughs> there you go. They yeah. are. They're right there. Um, yeah. I would. I would say, like, just as a final, uh, one of my good friends and colleagues from Carolina Toffees, Brock, down in Greenville, he played collegiate soccer. He'd be someone who'd be very good to talk to, because I know he, he. There is a great chance he definitely played with all international players. So I, I, I will tell you as someone who played college ball, actually just outside of Charlotte. Oh, uh, you did? Yeah. Lots of international players. Lots of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you know what? I was psyched early. to have them. And they were some of the best players I've ever played with in my life. Oh, they are. <laughs> yes. And, and yes. we have, and our, and our colleges here in, in the Carolinas are some of the best in terms of talent yeah. in, in the entire country. But yeah, I mean, it's all international. It, there's a couple of homegrown, but it's mostly international. You're right. Yeah, and just and, and by the way, it's not a. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, and it's definitely not on the international players. They're good. They're coming here for opportunity, and they're they're wedging right in. They're awesome, you know. Uh, but it's just that's part of our system here. Our pro system mostly, almost always, usually involves college, and D1 college. At that it's a yeah it's a it's basically how you're going to get through life is college but that's not necessarily how the, the rest of the world kind of looks at that like mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so uh moving on um 
really quick. Uh, good as Sean from Reddit said, how do you think Gray and Townsend will stack up against uh, our previous wingers in more recent years, like Morales, De La Feu, Lennon, those types <clears throat> of players? Um, first of all, I, I will say I, I, I've been thinking we're going to get another winger for some reason. Yeah. So I, I will say uh -huh. that. Um, what do you think, though? How do you think they're going to, when the, this season is said and done, how do you think we're going to be looking at those two, uh, two players? Yeah, it's, I mean, the early returns are great. And quite right. honestly, you, you know, it's, you really, it, it's, again, Papa Marcel sitting right behind you. And, he, and yeah. I mean, he gets, man, it, 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 he's another guy. It's a weird, weird subculture on Twitter that gives him so much crap all the time. And, and I'm thinking, you know, I know he's been here for three years, maybe now, and it's still not all his fault what's going on right in this club. No, I mean, no. the previous regimes have absolutely screwed over this club and in terms of their finances. And he basically had to go and find guys that were A, cheap, and B, willing to play here. And C, oh, I, by the way, also still good. And, and, uh, and also, he's also got to contend with the fact that other people want to make some signings. And he's yeah. having to... Uh, be okay with that right mm -hmm. right and he he is basically playing with the cards he's been dealt right now and look he there have been some questionable signings in the last couple of years but overall he's done a good job and i mean gray and townsend combined was like 1.5 million and so that's it's tough to beat that right off the bat and when, if you had told me in the first three games this season that both of them would have goals and both of them were critical goals, I would have said that I don't know about that. Uh, stacking them up against previous midfields, like, man, it, it, I really, really wanted Delafeu to be good and be like a, a 10 year player. We've had this discussion. He's a, I, I, um, I'll never forget when he scored against Arsenal away and did the guns at the art at the Everton yeah. fans like that. And it was just like, Oh my God, he's going to be amazing. He's going to be here forever. And he, and he was gone. It was almost like a magic trick. He was gone. Yeah. Like with, Morales was a Morales was always an enigma. I, I, he was so amazing. He could be one of the best midfielders in the premier league. One he used to be game. so much fun to watch, man. Yes. He was so fun to watch. Yeah, I love that guy. And when he was on his game, again, he was untouchable. He could he could do no wrong. But then he would just turn into this, like, then another week, he would just be just awful, the worst bit guy. It was never middle ground with him. It was always, like, here, here. So uh, I think it's too early to talk about comparing these two to these guys. Uh, but the early returns are really good. Uh, I think if they continue this trend of just being in the right position, setting people up for goals, scoring at an opportunistic time, you know, they're going to be, they'll be talked about over at least in the last decade as a, one of the better signings that has had, that has been made by this club. I think, I think I, oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Finish, man. I didn't think that's all. I, I thought 
Townsend signing was very, very sneaky good because it was a free transfer. It was a, I believe it was a free and because he, he was a free agent. And I thought, you know, he's still got something there. He's, I think he's 30 years old, but it's still, you know, he's shown at Palace that he was still a very reliable midfielder, mm-hmm. especially coming in from the right-hand side. Gray was a guy I remember when Lester played him. He, they, he was dynamic on the field and he just kind of lost his way in Germany. I just thought, I think he just never uh, adapted to that, that football and to really to that country and to the way of life mm-hmm. there. He just wanted, he was so homesick, I think, that he wanted to come back. And he's clearly already demonstrated that he's back where he wants to be. So I, it's just, he was basically, a, but he was surplus at Leicester. And that's something I can't believe I, I've said that, but we, we now live in a world where Leicester City you know, they're a Premier League champ. And they they uh, yeah. they have amazingly well. They didn't need him. They've proven that over the years. And so, but that we reap the spoils from that because I think we got a, I think we've got a very, very top class uh, player midfield for not much money. But I think they're, they're going to both be good. They're, I think they'll be there for a couple of years and they, they will establish themselves as some of our better players. Like I'm, I'll be really, I'll be really, really amazed if they finish the season, if people are singing their praises as being amazing signings. I feel like we are going to remember them as underrated. You know what I mean? I think they're both going to do well. I think uh, the, the locker room energy that Townsend is bringing, the, the grafting, the, 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 the experience. Um, I, I mean, that goal he scored against Huddersfield was <laughs> – Yes, it was so nice. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, and and but it was just be it just being where you're supposed to be and finishing, right. you know, um, making that run in behind and slicing in front of the keeper and getting the goal, getting the ball in. It was nice. Um, and Gray, every time he gets the ball, you're thinking, okay, what's he gonna do now? Because he's he's electric, you know. Right. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, they're not the they're not the big money flash players, and I feel like you know. Until they get a season, we're going to be thinking, gosh, we got a deal on those guys, you know, instead mm-hmm. of thinking, oh, my God, the way we do about Seamus Coleman. You know what I mean? Right. And I think I'm hoping after a few years, we're going to say, oh, my God, based on that. Especially um, someone like Gray, because he's younger. Yeah, uh, Gray's the one that I was really I had higher hopes for, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I I. When that when that was first rumored that he could be coming over, I thought, well, wait a minute, isn't this the guy that was on Leicester when they were they won the league? And then it was like, like what happened to him? And the guy Steve Walsh won it. That's right. And <laughs> it was well, boy, that's a name. You know, he and works that, for the Independence now. Uh, well, anyway, well, he, he he's supposed to work with FC, is what I heard. So <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, well, we're not going to talk about that, but he is on FC's. He's he, yeah, he's with FC. Um, but Gray, Gray is the, I guess he, I guess he's something like he's 24 and he basically came in as a one is like 1.5 million. And he, he, he's demonstrating just how, what exactly what you're, if you're coachable, then you can play. And if you've got the talent, you can play like this. Townsend has always proven that he can play and he's got all the talent in the world and he's coachable. That's another thing. 
that yeah. exactly it's like that setup for that goal yesterday where basically it's, it's all it's so basic but it's so it can be complicated because you have gomez and you've got it will be like playing each other in that triangle and then townsend knew as soon as that ball got played to gomez is like get over to that side of the of the of the box and he, all he did was that, and he flicked it over the, the keeper. Yeah. And that is incredibly difficult to do, by the way. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. But that is something that gives you to the likes of Everton supporters because you put, in mm -hmm. the, the, you put in the work. You're basically there for free. Of course, you're making money per week, but it's a free transfer, and you're putting in the work all the time. You're not making mistakes. You're gearing yourself. You are a leader in the, club, in the, uh, in the dressing room which is another thing, you know, eventually we're going to have to replace Seamus uh, with that. And we've got to find somebody who's going to take over. Yeah. Is it Townsend? It could be even for a little bit. Um, maybe Gray, maybe someone else, but it's, mm -hmm. but it's nice to have that extra voice. And I'm sure Seamus appreciates that. So uh, almost done here. Gwen was uh, asked, best transfer before Jack Yelka. So Gwyn is from Carolina Toffees. Got to give, and he got this question in just under the deadline. 6.58 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> uh, best champ transfer before Jack Yelka and the, the best transfer since he left. Okay. Jags came in in 2007. Yes. You're right. I looked it up. It's 2007. Look at you. Okay. With your right. Uh, for me. <laughs> I, maybe I, I care. To, I just I don't know. Maybe I just watch too. Oh, go on Wikipedia too much. But um, <laughs> if for me, then finding that and knowing that it's easy for me what the best transfer was before Jacks. It's because it's my favorite player, Tim Cahill from Millwall in two thousand four. It was a, another very small money transfer of a guy nobody really knew about. This was the David Moyes mm -hmm. special. Uh, nobody knew who he was except that he was Aussie. But, you know, then he went on to become, I mean, in my opinion, one of the most legendary players uh, the club's had, especially in recent memory. Mm -hmm. uh, this century, I think he's, you could argue he's the best player they've ever had, aside of maybe Lukaku. But uh, the fact that they grabbed him from Millwall and with the career that he had from like 04 to 12 was just, yeah. I mean, the work rate was nothing short of legendary. And everybody talked about that that played with him. Uh, he was always the fierce leader on the pitch and off the pitch. And he was, and you could just see like, not, he's not one of the bigger players on the pitch, but he's, how many headers did he score in oh eight years? Yeah. <laughs> he was out mustering these center halves to get in. Uh, it was, just unbelievable. And I, you know, I, I think I may have two or three of his shirts, at, like not his, but replicas, just because I, I wish I could. But hey, Tim, I know you're on social media a lot. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like, I hang out by his trash bins and, you know, yeah. throws his old shirts out. So, hey. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Tim for me is the best before Jags. And that's at least in recent. Um, I know there are people, people will go back way before that, obviously, yeah. because anyone that was on those teams in the eighties that we grabbed, that was, that helped us win the league, helped us win the European cup champions mm -hmm. uh, 
and just right off the top of my head, I can't, I, I it's just, it's because of my, my, I'm, it's too early for me in terms of being alive. And it's also in terms of the fact that I, I don't want to speak out of turn when he was at Andy Gray or something like that. See, see, that um, was my issue is I, being who I am, I was not watching Everton before right. Jag Yelka before. And so if I weigh in on a transfer, then it's going to be, it's going to come across, it's, it's going to ring false. And that was what was, that's why I didn't immediately chime in on that one. I was kind of like, eh, I will feel fake. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, because um, I can't say about yeah people that I didn't watch. So yeah, yeah, you know. But um, mm-hmm. but what's funny is I was looking it up and I was like, ooh, when did Bain sign? Ooh, because that's my favorite. Ooh, mm. it, it said it said he, he signed in two thousand seven. Right with Jags. <laughs> so I'm not, like, wait a minute, was window. it before or after? Like what? what? So yeah, now, so stuck. that's my that was my answer is Bain's because I can't give you one before. Uh, and so yeah that's my that's my best my best transfer uh on that one john toffee blues john also asked which what everton signing was most or least memorable most and least memorable okay so my most memorable everton signing is lukaku it's just yes yes absolutely whole thing that was the whole twitter went absolutely berserk when that yes. happened and the fact that we were i remember was that 2014 after we had him on loan mm-hmm. and we figured well we're not going to get him because he's just he's too good he's going to go somewhere right. else and chelsea has him <laughs> anyway so maybe he'll just go back there but then i you'll i'll never forget this and you won't either him t- tweeting a picture of himself in the in the private jet like where mm-hmm. is he going where is he going and then all of a sudden you hear people say well his they've because this is how psycho people are. Oh, well, they're tracking a jet from London to... Yeah, they are. It's like, oh, crap. And then all of a sudden, there he is in Liverpool at the airport. He's like, oh, my God, this is actually happening. Yep. And there he is. And it was like, that is insane that we've got him as an actual transfer. Mm-hmm. And, and for the it, at the time, and I still can't believe we signed him for as little as we did. I mean, it was a, it's a lot of money, but not for someone like him. And Mourinho, right. like, dude, you just gave up on this guy. And I, that leads me to another diet. They did that a lot. They well, did yeah, that a lot. gave up on Broina. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Salah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that gets me into, like, I, I think I mentioned this on Twitter. You know, Chel- uh, look, it's, it's, it's great for Chelsea. Great. You got him back for way too much money. But the, remember, you guys had him. 10 years ago. And mm. um, I also want to point out to any Chelsea fan that might watch this, that might watch this, because uh, I pointed it out on Twitter, as it, it was actually pointed out by the Iowa Toffees. Their, oh, yeah. The account, their uh, welcome uh, video for Rom featured his goal by us against Chelsea in the FA Cup. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> because they had yep. no other video of him scoring. So they figured they could try and get away <laughs> with, because he's wearing a blue shirt. He's like, mm-hmm. you guys think we'd pick up on this? It's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. But, yes, he is the most memorable. I, you're right. He's the most memorable signing. My best, my favorite signing, post to answer Gwyn again, uh, Jags, post-Jags, 
because Brom could have been it. How about, I mean, uh, Yelovich. I mean, he was such a, it was a crazy signing. Nobody had ever heard of him. And then he goes absolutely berserk for about 18 months. Like he has his own video from Everton of all his goals he scored because he scored that many goals. Yep. And, and they're almost was, all like one touch goals. And it's they absurd. were incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I could throw Naismith in there too, but it's a, but I, but Yelovich is the reason, Yelovich is the reason I'm an Everton fan. So yeah. Oh, wow. That's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the, uh, the Spurs game that he scored, yeah. you know, that was, that was massive. And that's what turned the 2012, right? I believe he had scored the, the goal and then they scored it. He scored again in the very, at the very, very last. I think second. it was, I think Pinar scored the first one and then we scored right. at the last second. Yeah. And very he went and grabbed second. the dude's hat and put hat it on. It on Nuts. Yes. That was big, big moment for me. It was, it was just another classic Moyes signing though. That was mm-hmm. just, he found some guy that was not going to cost a lot of money. And he just has, he, in my opinion, in this century, that was the most incredible 18 months that a mm-hmm. player has ever had for Everton. Because yeah. it was just like goal after goal after goal. He just didn't stop. Who is your least memorable signing oh. as we finish up mailbag? Least memorable signing. Does that mean like well, it, however you oh, okay. however you want to do it? Wow. I there was not specified, and I I have a name. You do okay. It's specifically memorable topic? because it's not memorable for me. Ooh, okay. Go ahead. I'll I'll since you have it. We signed this guy, and we're I'm thinking oh we're signing a backup striker. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we hear, oh, he's from the Uruguayan League. Ooh. Okay. And, and I was like, what's the deal with this guy? And I was actually sort of psyched. Leandro Rodriguez. Ooh. There's a name. <laughs> yeah. That was one. I ended up feeling, feeling bad for him later down the road because I think he had, you know, some emotional stuff because he's kind of down, homesick and all that stuff being away from South America. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he came in and we bought him for 300 and something thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. N- not much at all. It was the weirdest signing. It was like yeah. someone, it's like, it's like we were doing someone a favor. It was so strange, but I mean, that's so true. yeah, it was the yeah. Fact, that's the thing. It was just such a bizarre thing. That's the only reason why it's a little memorable, but mm. it just, it didn't do like uh, even at least like Antolin Alcaraz started some games. So you remember. Oh, he, he started, Martina some started some games. But, <laughs> but I would say even Kuko was a better signing than Alcaraz. But, you know, anyway. Uh, oh, but yeah, I, so that's my least memorable. Is made me th- oh, yeah, you've made me think. Okay, I'm going down that path now. So I got two. One is a guy that never played for us. And because he never got his visa, Henry Ngankwu. Onyakuru. Ngankwu. That's a good man. one. What a good one. Well, it's like, what the hell? Like, you guys touted him, and then all of a sudden, you guy can't get in the country. Although, I, now, I, I think the last I heard about him, he's not doing well wherever he is at all. So, it, it may have I just was it Galatasaray? I don't know. Yeah, and it's, he's not doing anything there. 
he may have dodged a bullet. Uh, the other one, the other one I'm more disappointed in because God, he was so good the first game. And then it was like, nope, never again. Adam Lookman. Oh. And, and it was just like, he, ha- he had such a, if you recall, we was a January signing 2017 uh, under Kuman, And it was a great signing at the time because his first game he scored against Man City. And it was like, wow, this kid is actually good. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, well, let's follow that up. And it never happened. And the next yeah. thing you know, he's demanding that to go elsewhere. And then Leipzig takes him on loan. He ends up doing really well, actually, on loan there. But when they bought him, then he underwhelmed. And I guess I don't even know where he is now. He was at Fulham. I don't know where he is anymore. Uh, but he's kind of floundering now in, in like because he's mid-20s and he's, he's basically at the point where his, his career is either going to go this way or it's going to go down. But it's it's really underwhelming because it was a 10 million pound signing from uh, where was he at Charlton, and so yeah. uh, I really thought he was going to pan out for us, but he uh, yeah he had other ambitions. He didn't want to be there. So. Well, he well he wanted to start. He went he wanted to put, he was pulling a you know, so many players. Yeah. They want they want to start immediately. They don't want to struggle mm-hmm. through if they feel like there's something blocking their way. They're like, no, I want, I want to be somewhere where they really want me, and that's that's what I want, and that's what Moise Keane is dealing with right now. Same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, very similar. Man, all right. So, oh, we, there was one last question from John. I threw this too early. Mm-hmm. Best and worst Star Wars film. Ooh, we got to be fast. Can't give reasons why. Okay, okay. Uh, best Empire Strikes Back. Agreed. Awesome. Worst? Uh, what was the one called? Uh, the second one with Hayden Christensen. <laughs> that Hold one. On. The, so talking about Sam. Not, not Phantom Menace. No, not it, Revenge of the Sith. That was not great. The other one. Uh, the, the, yeah, episode the one two. Yes. Episode two. When he just when he talked for five minutes. When he, yeah, uh, yeah, when he talked, the attack of the clones, right? Attack of clones. Is that? Yeah, it? I agree. I agree. That's my least favorite. Is that because that's the one where he literally sits out there with uh, Padme and just talks about sand for about 10 minutes? Yes. I was yes. like, well, what, what yes. is this? <laughs> Any, anyone who had any faith in Lucas's dialogue writing abilities still at that time lost it there. If they didn't already lose it, <laughs> The whole first movie when he came back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So agreed, both counts. I I don't see how anyone can argue with you. You're right. Period. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Rogue One. Rogue One for best. Rogue for best. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like it. Because that was a very that was a sneaky good movie that just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Also, honorable mention Spaceballs. Okay, Hey-o. so, hey, all right, so really quick Brighton preview. We have to be super fast here because we're running out of time. Um, current form, they're fourth in the Prem. They're 2-0-0, six points. Recently, uh, Carabao Cup win, 2-0 over Cardiff. Before that, they beat Watford 2-0, and then beat, before that, beat Burnley 2-1. They started off pretty well, mm-hmm. folks. 
Um, yeah. Possible starters, not completely sure uh, because it looks like uh, Mope, uh, Mope may be actually hurt. And he's been one of their main danger men in terms of goal score this season. Uh, but I think we could see Sanchez in goal, Webster, Duffy, and Dunk maybe in a back three, Gross and uh, Sally March on the outsides. And then in the middle, Lalana, Mbisuma, uh, McAllister, Connolly, and Trossard rounding it out. Um, uh, honestly, you know, I, I usually am fine with Brighton. I usually don't hate Brighton. I know all the hard, like, you know, I'm Premier League, you know, are like, they, they never win, blah, blah, blah. They only play Graham Potter football. Blah, yeah, I, I actually like Graham Potter. I don't like saying it out loud because I feel like it totally discredits me to all the grumpy Premier League fans. But I like Potter. I think he's a cool guy. I like his philosophy and I like watching his teams play. But at the same time, um, his teams give up a lot of goals. They yeah, do. not right, not right now. But yes, normally they, they do. Usually do. Um, um, so yeah, I, I'm on the Potter camp as well. I would have not minded him being our manager this year. Uh, I, think I like the culture he player. brings to teams, dude. Yeah, I, I like the culture. All the players at Brighton seem to like him and mm -hmm. play play hard for him. It, they look and. Yeah, they normally do give up a lot of goals, but they've been very stingy so far, which is why they they're number they're fourth in the league. Um, yeah. <laughs> when I, I well, I want to say this quickly. Shane Duffy scored in the last game. Yes, he did. Which maybe maybe he's already got his quota, but again, it is Everton, so um, they do need a goal scorer. If Mo pays out, then who hmm. knows? Uh, Basuma is someone you mentioned earlier. Been a really oh, nice signing if we. Um, they have some very sneaky good players on that team. Uh, yeah, they do. Pascal Gross, he's a, he, I've loved I would describe his final ball is so good, dude. Yeah, final ball is really good, and that's something our back line is going to have to be very careful about, especially if mm -hmm. Mopay's in this game. Um, we have I the way we have beaten Brighton in the past is just attack them and it just really kind of put them on their back heel. They, the way that they win is they get into games late. They kind of, they're, they work their way in to games. And then once they do, they start attacking more and more. And that's how they're beat. I mean, look, they, they absolutely demolished Watford last week. That Watford was not in that game. And that's a Watford side that threw three in the goal against Villa in the first, yeah. in the first week. So, um, You've got to be very careful with this team. I, I think this is going to be a, a very difficult game for Everton to to get even a point out of. I, I think they they're going to get a point. I'm going to be I'm going to say just real quick. I think this I think this is going to be like Leeds. I think it's going to be two two, and it's mm. going to be uh, goals will be scored. I just it, I hesitate because it's there. If this was at Goodison. This would be a win for me, mm. and, but this is this is just a, a different Brighton side that I than I can remember, and it's gonna be a, a charged crowd at, at the Amex. I, I think. Look, I I don't think I'd be surprised if Everton got three points out of it. I also won't be surprised if Brighton took three on mm. Saturday. Either. It's just one of those games that could really just go 
either way um, Saturday. I'm pulling out the three, three points, one nil win to Everton. I, I, I feel like a back line with Coleman, Mina, Godfrey, and Godfrey and Luca Dean and Pickford mm-hmm. and goal, Corey and Alan. I feel like those guys, I think they can pull off a clean sheet. I think they can. Now, okay. I think if Awobi is still dealing with groin issues, we could see Townsend and Gray and Richarlison and DCL rounding out the starting lineup. Um, that, that, that list of starters would not shock me at all. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm, pulling, I'm saying a 1-0 Everton win. And let's see here. I'm going to get creative with the goal scorer. I'm going to say – got to go Yerry Mina. I got to do it. Yerry Mina. Okay. He's due for dance. Yeah. He's due for one. Let's do it. Uh, I hope so. That would be amazing because you know something out. Yeah, for a celebration. Just want to see him dance. That's it. Uh, I just on that in that note, um, I won't say Mina, but I will say goals scored because I said two for us. I will say Dom and Richie. It's not original, but I think uh, it's damn likely. <laughs> but it's so likely. Uh, but yeah. I, I'll say it's Richie also to see him dance. Yes, good, cool. Uh, All right. But yeah, there you go. All right. Well, that is the show, Cam. Uh, you've you've survived. Congratulations. That mailbag was was a long one, and having to re- having to review two matches also a little. Yeah. You know, took a bit, but you know we're through. Uh, Cam, you got anything? Uh, anything you want to plug or any shout-outs you want to do here at the end? Um, so, obviously, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of new members uh, come into Carolina Toppies and move into our area. Uh, what's unique about our group is that our, we have a Twitter account, which I run, Instagram as well, that covers both North and South, and. Mm-hmm. So in fact, today we had a guy who people may have seen uh, asking about you know who he should support. He actually lives in Columbia, South Carolina. His name's Zach. Just want to shout him out. He's originally from Ohio. He now lives in yes. South Carolina. Uh, so it looks like we may have gotten him on board. And uh, but he's just one of uh, several people that are now in this area that are finding out that are starting to support the club. And just mm-hmm. want to let you all know at Carolina Toffees. Mm-hmm. Twitter and Instagram. If you are, I've also updated a map, giant map for your pleasure that shows each uh, area of both North and South Carolina and what pubs you can go support in different cities. I believe Raleigh, which is the Winchester, Winston-Salem, which is Campus Gas and Roger Smith and uh, yours truly, Jerry, is uh, are both there. Charlotte, Queen City, Bites and Craft, of course, where I am. Asheville has the old London Road Pub. And then Greenville is uh, usually Yeehaw Brewery, and that's Gwyn and Brock. And then Columbia is uh, Cock and Bull and British Bulldog. And then my father's mustache in Charleston, which is actually Mount Pleasant. But we have, the point is, we have a ton of support. There's so now. many places to go watch a game with, with, yeah. with your fellow Everton fans. You know, yeah, and if, you guys, so and if anybody knows of any other place, if Wilmington is the predominant city I've heard that has no actual pub, and I've heard a lot of people ask about that, if you live in Wilmington, just let everybody know where you go so that we can plug that. That would be awesome. Very cool. All right. Any of you 
And any of you other uh, lost lambs who are thinking about joining the Everton flock and you happen mm -hmm. to be in the Carolinas, there's a home, numerous <laughs> homes. All right, Cam, thanks so much, man. I'm gonna do my end of, uh, end of show spiel here. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for watching and or listening. If you've been digging what you're hearing and seeing, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues, Blues YouTube channel and or podcast. Uh, please check out the Toffee Blues website. Is it the new website is, is happening? So I'm just going to say that it's happening. John's been working on it. He, he, he just won't stop talking about it. Just saying it's a thing. Check it out. Um, additionally, follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's all I have. Cameron, it's good to talk to you, my friend. Great seeing you, Jerry. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hang out with my wife for 10 minutes before I go to sleep. <laughs> Cam, take care, man. See you, man. Everybody else? Yep, three points this weekend, everybody. Let's do it. Much love. Bye.